Hi everyone, I'm Serena from the Geology Podcast Network coming to you from Kingston, Ontario. Canada is a big place and the majority of us have not been able to explore its full extent. That is why, in the face of a global pandemic keeping us at home, I am bringing you some armchair Canadian geology. Welcome to the Backyard Geology podcast series, Canada Edition. Join me on a trip across Canada to look at some of our most treasured sites. This week's stop, St. John's, Newfoundland. St. John's is located in the northwest corner of the Avalon Peninsula. If you hop in your car and drive south, you'd likely spend most of the drive looking out the car window at the vast coastline, passing through several small fishing towns. When you reach the southern edge, the edge of Avalon, if you will, there is a stretch of outcrop, much like the coast that you just drove down, but that is covered in what locals used to describe as flowers etched into the rocks. Now, don't get me wrong, seeing flower patterns etched into solid rock would be super neat on its own, but in 1967, these patterns, which as you may have guessed are fossils, were discovered to be deeply significant to the geologic community. Shiva Misra, who was a master's student at Memorial University in St. John's at the time, discovered the fossils at the tip of the peninsula, known as Mistaken Point, while conducting a field mapping project. He described the assembly of fossils on the mudstone rocks as leaf-shaped, radiating, spinel-shaped, round lobate, meaning having lobes, and dendrite-like, similar to the branching portion of a nerve cell. Misro reported his findings in several papers in the late 60s, classifying the fossils in question as likely Precambrian, having lived over 541 million years ago. These predictions were soon confirmed after comparison to similar fossil assemblages of large, soft-bodied organisms that had previously been discovered in Namibia, Russia, and southern Australia throughout the 1930s and 40s. Fast forward to today, Mistaken Point is now an ecological reserve and a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Its claim to fame? Hosting the remnants of the earliest forms of large and complex life on Earth dating back to the Ediacaran period. Geologists are Earth historians, looking back on 4.6 billion years of history. The fauna at Mistaken Point provide a window into the past, preserving some of the hustle and bustle of the ancient seafloor. of Earth's history was before the Cambrian period, which started 541 million years ago. To this day, the Precambrian remains elusive and understudied, which is primarily due to the lack of preserved rocks and fauna and the extensive changes that have occurred since then. The Ediacaran period at the end of the Precambrian is where life started to get really interesting. Previously recorded forms of life included microbes, cyanobacteria, and sponges. The Ediacaran marked the emergence of the first large multicellular organisms. Mistaken Point exposes the fossil-bearing rocks of the Mistaken Point Formation, the Briscal Formation, and the Druk Formation, composed of mudstones covered in fine beds of volcanic ash, a good source of the mineral zircon. 
Uranium-led radiometric dating of the zircon crystals shows that these rocks are about 565 million years old, once residing in a deep marine, low-energy environment, favoring the settling of fine-grained mud particles that make up the mudstones. The depositional environment of these muds gives an important piece of information about the fossils at Mistaken Point. This area of the ocean would have been too deep to be touched by sunlight, meaning that the leaf-like fossils, although visually similar to modern-day plants, must have in fact been proto-animals. The lack of oxygen at this depth paired with the cold waters would not have favoured decomposition, allowing the Ediacaran biota at Mistaken Point to be remarkably well-preserved under layers of volcanic ash from a nearby volcanic eruption, before being uplifted by mountain-building events to their present-day location on the coast of Newfoundland. The significance of these fossils is in part due to the perfect storm of conditions that allowed for such detailed preservation of external bodily features, so much so that geologists are able to study the existence and the structure of these animals. So, we know that it was deep, dark, and muddy where these animals lived. A lack of traces in the mudstone indicates that the animals were immobile. They were entirely soft-bodied with no teeth and no bones. There is no fossilized evidence of mouths or other orifices like we see in most modern animals, nor brains, intestines, and other organs, which also means that these animals had no need for muscles. The simplicity of these proto-animals meant that they were able to grow larger than previous animals, though also eventually led to their demise, which I'll get to later. When the sun is low in the sky, the low topographic relief of the fossils makes their structure ever more visible allowing researchers to examine the fine details of the soft-bodied organisms. Their construction is described as modular, or fractal, and is composed of simple branching structures that repeat at numerous scales. This is clearly not how humans are built today, nor most modern animals. Our bodies require over 20,000 protein-coding genes to build our organs and allow for complex functions. But remember, back in the Ediacaran, animals were just starting to emerge from a previously pretty inhospitable earth. There wasn't much oxygen, there wasn't much to eat, and predecessors consisted of unicellular bacteria or multicellular sponges that lived off simply filtering nutrients out of the water. The emergence of the fractal body form was an incredibly simple way to grow really big compared to ancestral animals. This worked by using tiny packages of six to eight protein-coding genes to build branching structures that could be rebuilt at smaller and smaller scales with several branches. This gave rise to relatively large organisms, including frond-like life forms called charnia, which could grow up to several meters in length and look like modern-day ferns. Simple building codes meant that life could grow large with many levels of branching and repeating limbs, which also gave the animals a very large surface area, allowing them to absorb dissolved nutrients from the water without the need to move or even to compete with their neighbors. With this way of growth, size was therefore directly proportional to age. one of the most interesting questions that stumps paleobiologists is how did these simple organisms reproduce to form the colonies observed at Mistaken Point? 
In 2015, researchers from the University of Toronto and Vanderbilt University in Nashville used GPS data to examine the spatial distribution of fossils, specifically that of Fractodusis misrai, a frond-like organism across three sedimentary beds. They found that the smaller and therefore younger specimens existed in clusters around the intermediate-sized specimens, which existed in clusters around the largest specimens, which appeared to be randomly distributed, unlike the small and intermediate-sized specimens. This implies that the largest specimens reproduced asexually, likely through filamentous growths, producing clusters of younger individuals around themselves. This is commonly seen today in some plants and fungi. The largest specimens, which are the centers of the colonies, were likely distributed through the water column as spores or even larvae, eventually settling onto the sea floor before growing themselves and reproducing asexually around themselves. Although this theory is not proven, the distribution of Fractodusis fossils of different sizes and ages is highly suggestive of asexual reproduction around a pioneer specimen which was deposited randomly through the water. Tragically, the Ediacaran biota were relatively short-lived. The fossil record does not show evidence of any such organisms after the transition into the Cambrian about 541 million years ago. There also exists no known descendants today, making these organisms even harder to study. The conditions that led to this drastic change in biodiversity at this time remains poorly understood. One theory suggests that the Ediacaran biota were slowly marginalized by evolving Cambrian biota of greater complexity. Our Ediacaran friends would not have been tough competition, being immobile, soft-bodied, and overall too simple to allow for mutations that would be advantageous in the game of natural selection. As a mini-lesson in evolution, natural selection is the process by which organisms adapt. This occurs through natural variability in individuals such that some organisms have better traits to live in their environment than others. This is a key mechanism in evolution, and the simplistic fractal Ediacaran biota just would not have been competitive as their bodies could not facilitate greater functions, like, for example, movement, which would put any organism at a disadvantage. As a member of the public, you can visit the Edge of Avalon Interpretive Centre down the coast from St. John's to view the fossils at Mistaken Point. The incredible preservation of Ediacaran fossils makes Mistaken Point a treasured geological site in Canada, showcasing a 565 million year old seafloor community of the first large life forms. Until time travel is invented, we'll have to rely on the rocks like those at Mistaken Point to peer into the past. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Backyard Geology Canada Edition is part of the Geology Podcast Network and is sponsored by Travelling Geologist.